It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, America. This is uh, the third episode of the Kieran's with Kieran Greer, and this is also making history for the first time ever we have a guest on the podcast uh robert atkins he's from tennessee i'll let him tell you about himself hi go ahead robert hi how's it going thanks for having me on the show man uh you're welcome can't wait to get to today's episode we've got three segments as usual nfl nba and mlb We'll get started. Um, our first question will be, where will Justin Herbert land? I'll let you take this first. Uh, well, Kieran, <clears throat> to be honest, I think he probably will go first. You know, every year we have this sort of uh, bit of drama that's played out by um, all the analysts where the guy who probably should go first, which in my opinion would be Tua, he probably should be first. They a lot of times they'll bring in somebody out of nowhere it seems to where um, sort of to sort of upstage him uh, but and in this case I think um, it's uh, Justin uh, I, I think uh, he's a good quarterback from Oregon but if you look at the past few years um, Oregon produces good quarterbacks but they're not really necessarily good for the NFL uh, not to say that Herbert's a bad quarterback he's a good quarterback I mean the numbers speak for themselves uh, he's MVP in the Senior Bowl, but I really think, as far as Oregon's style of play, I don't think he's uh, gonna be as stellar a talent in the NFL as Tua has an opportunity to be. But I do think he'll probably go first in the draft, with Tua going second. Um. Yeah, that's uh brings you back to that Baker Mayfield Sam Darnold draft. Everyone was thinking Sam Darnold was supposed to go first in that draft. But I had Justin Herbert going to the Jaguars at fourth. I think he's that kind of guy. I think that organization doesn't really trust in Gardner Minshew. I think if they can trade up and get Justin Herbert, I think that would be perfect for them. He seems like 
that guy that will put uh, putter out in the NFL. He is not really. He never really impressed me in college. Really, I mean, Oregon. Sure, they're a good team, but they never were on the level as like an Oklahoma or an Alabama or a Clemson. All right, second here's, question. Here's the thing, here's the thing oh. about that is there's two types of quarterbacks in the NFL now, and uh, and we've seen over the course of the past couple of years, the, there's the starting quarterback, but then there's the backup quarterback that I think has uh, risen in prominence over the past couple of years. Um, with, like you said, Gardner Minshew, Fitz, Fitz Magic, Nick Foles, guys like that that can take over a system and you're not automatically throwing the season out of the out of the trash heap and hoping for next year. You actually still have a chance at it. But they're not necessarily good enough to be the franchise quarterback. And I think that's more along the lines of what Herbert's going to end up becoming. Uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, you think about what... Uh, yesterday's podcast I was talking about Jameis Winston how he should stay in Tampa and learn about from Tom Brady um, totally agree. yeah that'd be the best before, option for him yeah before we get too deep in that, our second question um the Saints they re-signed Drew Brees um they get Emmanuel Sanders are they the favorites this year in the NFL you know the, with the Saints right now they are the closest thing we will I think ever see to a dynasty without ever being really able to call it a dynasty right now. They have been a perennial power um, in the NFC for like the past five years now. Um, and whether it was bad luck, bad refereeing, whatever, whatever reason, they've been sort of gypped out of it. And I'm afraid at this point, <clears throat> it's either this year or never. So, are they my favorites? I don't know about that yet. I don't usually pick favorites before the beginning of the year, but if anybody deserves it, these uh, guys, these Saints fans have definitely uh, poured their hearts into it. These players and coaches have poured their hearts into it. If anybody deserves it, it's them. Whether or not they'll have the uh, everything they need to get through and even to get past Kansas City at this point, I don't know. Um, I've always thought of the Saints as a funny one because you got the guy, Sean Payton. I do not like him as a coach. He's always seemed like a whining to me. But Drew Brees, I feel bad for the guy. You think about two quarterbacks who have been leading quarterbacks in the generation that we've had. I mean, Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees, the guys that have only gotten one. And you look at other guys, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, getting multiple ranks. If you want to enter the GOAT conversation, I think Drew Brees needs this this title to get back into a... But the question is, are they the favorites? No, they're not. You look at that team in San Francisco down there, you think about that defense, you think about Debo Sam, you think about George Kittle, the man that he is, the strong guy that he is. And look, look in the Saints, who do they have after Drew Brees? Got rid of Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater. Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill, 13 passes is an entire career. I do not see the Saints at all as favorites for this year. All right, our third yeah. question. Go, sort of going back to your um, mentioning about the GOATs, honestly, I think that has a lot more to do with the fact that we had uh, some really good coaches with some really good players. Um, you talk about Aaron Rodgers. <clears throat> uh, the guy has had 
some mediocre coaching along with him. Um, and I mean, he was Mahomes before Mahomes. He was. We could talk all day about how good Brady and how good Manning are, and I would agree with you, but I would have to say that it's not a one-man show out there as much as we like to talk about it being a one-man show with the quarterback carrying the teams. It really has everything to do with uh, what coach he has as well. Uh, that's very true. And how about let's talk about one of the greatest coaches of all time. Does Bill Belichick stick with Jared Stidham, in your opinion? I think he does. I think he sticks with Jared Stidham. I think they invest in getting a good backup. Uh, I think, but right now, I don't think they necessarily necessarily rally around Jared Stidham. I think they rally around Julian Edelman. He's got the most uh, experience, at least on the offensive t- side, of winning. Um, I think he'll be the leader of the team on the player side. But I do think Belichick will um, be himself and keep the Pats in it. Um, I would not be surprised to see them in the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised to see them in the AFC Championship, to be honest. Um I think I really I definitely don't think Belichick's done. I think he's going to get at least one more Super Bowl ring on his fingers, and um, uh, and we'll see after that, man. But I really think we have not heard the last of Bill Belichick. Yeah, I, I agree with that totally. But there are two quarterbacks in the draft that I think the Patriots could draft. Or we could have an intriguing quarterback. Uh, a battle going on. You think about the way that Chicago is doing with Mitchell Trubisky and uh, Nick Foles. I think the Patriots could do that in drafting a guy like Jake Fromm or a Jalen Hurts um, to make that competition make the guy better. And I think Bill, Bill Belichick is going to pull off some very shrewd draft moves this if I'm picking between the dra- between those two, I'd say he goes with Jake Fromm. He's not uh, Belichick isn't necessarily going to want a dynamic quarterback that's going to run all over the place and uh, become a uh, superstar. So I really don't think he wants a pretty boy quarterback anymore. He's had to deal with Brady for these past several years, and yeah. I think he's probably going to want somebody more like Jake Fromm, Jared Stenham, who's going to work the system just like he wants it to do it and win as a team as opposed to get all of the uh, glory and attention. And uh, I think I think Jake Fromm's an excellent option there. Um, that was a good talk about the NFL we just had, and we'll move on to our second uh, segment, NBA. Now, I know we all have been missing in this past month of NBA basketball. I hope that everyone is still okay, stuck at home right now. I mean... I just want to make sure everyone knows we are not together right now. We are observing the social distancing. Just forgot to mention that. Um, our first question, what is the best franchise ever over the history of the NBA? Best franchise ever over the history of the NBA? That is a loaded question, man. Because um, you got to look, you look at the Lakers, uh, the Lake Show, having multiple incarnations of that uh, with Magic, and then with Shaq and Kobe, and now even with LeBron, you could even make, even though they haven't won a title yet, you can make an argument that this is a Lake show again right here. Um, but then you've got Pop and the Spurs, you've got Larry Bird and the Celtics, and uh, so it, it's a hard, and of course, you can't leave out uh, 
Golden State. But if we're gonna have to, if, I, if I'm forced to pick, I'd say it'd be the Lakers as the greatest um, franchise of all time, greatest dynasty, because they just keep finding a way to come back. I mean, four year, three or four years ago, if you'd have told me that the Lakers were an actual contender, I'd have laughed you in your face. But here they are again. <laughs> That's very true. Um. So I think it's really down to two teams, and I think it will always be down to these two teams, the Celtics and the Lakers. And you talk about the multiple championships over the span of the entire uh, history of the NBA. You think about Bill Russell, you think about Kareem, Wilt Chamberlain. I mean, you can go on and on and on of those two dynasties. And I think the rivalry just makes it even bigger. I think um, even... In recent times, I think Shaq, Kobe, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, uh, good job for him getting into the Hall of Fame the other day. But really, I'd, yeah, but really, I'd have to go with the Celtics. You think 26, 26 championships? That's more than the Celtics could ever dream of. I was just watching that documentary on the Celtics and Lakers. Um, the 70s. I mean, the 60s was totally dominated by the Celtics. They won, like, six titles, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's, like, five or six. Don't know, but they won in a row. They beat the Lakers 16 times straight before the Lakers even beat them once. And that's what makes it the Celtics the best um, best franchise ever. Excellent point. Excellent point. All right, second question. Who is the face of the league after LeBron? I mean, we could have to wait for another four or five years before LeBron retires, but when he does, who is going to be the face of the league after LeBron? To be honest, I think it's too early to tell. Um, Like you said, we're probably at least four, maybe five more years away from LeBron leaving. I think he's going to wait till his son comes into the league, play with him for a year, and then I think he'll hang up his shoes. But until then, man, you've got four or five years of draft prospects coming down the pipe. Um, if he were to retire right now, I'd say it'd be uh, Steph and Kawhi. Um, though Kawhi is so quiet, as good of a basketball player he is, uh, probably one of the best, if not the best player right now. Kawhi is, I think he's too quiet. I think he's, I don't think he has the personality to be the face of the league. Um, yeah, so like, if, if it happened right now, if LeBron retired, said I'm done, which of course we don't think that's ever going to happen anytime soon, but if it were to happen today, I think it would have to be Steph and uh, either Steph or James Harden but even still, I don't see either of them filling the shoes of a LeBron type character, so who knows man, we've got, like you said, we've got a few more years, there's a lot of talent coming into the league between now and then Uh, you might not even know this person yet yeah, perfect point made about Kawhi Leonard. I think of when Kareem was the face of the league. Um, it really struggled because he never wanted to talk to anyone. He didn't. He hated the media. So that's why I'm going to go a completely different direction. I'm going to say it is either Zion or Luca. Yeah, I would. Um, if I had to pick a young player right now, I'd say Luca. I just I think he needs a few more years to get, and maybe he will. Maybe by that time he'll have gotten a few uh, accolades under his belt to where he'll be able to be the face of the league. 
Yeah, and you really think about that Mavericks team, and you think of, I mean, you, Kristaps Porzingis, the guy is seven feet, and he can dribble like a six-five guy. I mean, he's insane. He can shoot. He can do everything. He's a true unicorn, and he struggled with the Knicks because he kept constantly getting hurt. If and he's been back from the ACL, and he's already played. He's going twenty and ten. He's going twenty and ten on the year, and if um, next year, I think the Dallas Mavericks could be the team that really truly will lift off when it comes to dynasty. All right, third question. This one um, is a really really big one. Who have the better career, Kobe or Tim Duncan? That that is a tough one, man. I have to be honest. I have to ask, are we just talking about as a player? Because I feel like Tim Duncan isn't done yet. I mean, I really think that once Pops retires in 30 more years, whenever Pops (laughs) retires, I think Duncan's going to be the shoe-in to get the coaching position because he's already there as an assistant coach. He's coached a couple of games with Pops when Pops has been out. So as far as you, you can't really judge his full career yet. Let's talk about but purely as a player. As far as player, yeah, as a purely player. as a player. I mean, you can't. It's hard to argue with Kobe's resume, man. I mean, it, it, you just, I'd have to go with Kobe, um, just because he's such a dynamic player. He had a position, a full-on position change halfway through, and uh, man, you just you can't. I I have to go with Kobe. But um, I'm going to make a point about the, you said the resume. I think the exact same amount of finals wins between them. Tim Duncan won one more finals MVP than Kobe did. Um, He also is recognized as the greatest power forward of all time. And really, Kobe Bryant, I mean, think of uh, the adversity that he had to go through. Tim Duncan was a guy who put his head down and played the game. And there was no questions asked. And he is really a guy who didn't have to go all through the things that Kobe did. And he was actually a guy who really took control of his team and led them. I mean, you think about Kobe Bryant. Sure, he was a really good leader, but he wasn't the leader that Tim Duncan was. And I think think Tim was shattered by the Kobe and LeBron era and he's been um, not because of his personality and I think we're doing him a, him a great disservice I agree yeah I think honestly if you have to look at it I'd say they're even um, this is sort of backtrack from my statement earlier I'd say they're even they're just about I mean one's the greatest of his position ever the other is on the list of greatest of all time players so what more can you ask from a career? Yeah, both of their careers mirrored each other. Um, so I think that will be that will finish up our NBA segment. We'll head over to the MLB. Um, this is a idea that I discussed on last yesterday's podcast. Um, is a home run derby instead of extra innings a good idea? You know, I'm seeing sort of a trend in sports like with this kind of argument. Um, Things are going too long. A lot, a lot of where we're getting this from is we're looking towards soccer, seeing the penalty kicks as an option. I don't personally like it. I, I think there's been enough changes to baseball in this era. 
Uh, I mean, you think about it, there's been a ton of changes brought into baseball. Um, the pitch clocks and other things. I honestly think we've done enough to change the game. Just leave it as it is. And, you know, yes, is it frustrating as a fan when you're sitting there thinking, oh, my gosh, we're in inning number 13 and we're out of pitchers. We're start, We're having to bring right fielders in to pitch. This is crazy, but I like the craziness, you know? And out of all out of all 162 games each team plays, there's only like two or three games that end up going extremely late into the night with an extreme amount of innings. And I feel like if we take it just to a home run derby, two things are going to happen. Number one, you're cheapening that win. You're like as somebody who isn't a home run hitter, if I just played my heart out for 10 innings and now all of a sudden the two guys that hit home runs on the team are the ones that are actually going to get the praise for winning the game. Are you kidding? Like if it's a walked off home run, yeah, I get that because a few of us got on base or whatever. We didn't get out so that he could get up to the plate. But if you're going to cheapen it to where it's just him hitting a home run and that's it, I feel like it cheapens it. And then two, we got to think about it from the home run hitter's perspective. That guy's not a, he, he's been playing for that many hours too. And you're going to ask him to crank out however many home runs he can. Dude's going to be exhausted. So it'll come down to whoever hits the first home run, honestly. It's not going to be a true home run derby where he's got to beat that guy's home runs. He's got 10. Oh my gosh, can I hit 10 home runs? It's going to be when my arms get one of these over the fence. And if I can just get one, we're going to be okay. Um, that's fair. So I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a good option. I think, um, unless they want to go to ties and have to play again at the end of the year to tie break it, I don't think we're going to be able to see a change in that, in how the game's played right now like that. That's uh, very true. And I agree with you, but let me play the um, devil's advocate over here. Um, you think about baseball and the pastime that it's been for so, so long in American uh, history. And you think about what it's meant to the American public. And I could really use some baseball right now. But, of course, we have the coronavirus going on. But um, we need to save the game. I mean, the MLB has struggled last in the past couple of years. You're losing fans. The average fan age is getting older and older. Younger kids would rather go play base, I mean, go play basketball or football, and it's losing the excitement. And um, people just don't go to see the games, and they're not seeing the chess match that it is and the interesting sport that it is. And I think if we we've got to do something to save the sport. Well, you know, I think to that point, right now, with the definition of all sports, I think we'll see a uh, resurgence of sports like baseball. And um, honestly, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing uh, for us to go through. It'll give us an opportunity to have a, a recharge somewhere, some way. Some player's going to come in and spice up the game, whether it's hitting... 100 home runs in the year or whatever is going to happen. I think honestly it's uh, we're headed we're headed towards better days in the MLB. I don't think it's a wash. I don't think we're 
on the ship going down. I think we're just in a little bit of a rainstorm and we're gonna kick we're gonna get back into it. Yeah, very, very true. Good good point you made there. Alright, and on to the second question. Do the Astros deserve more punishment? I mean think about uh, we're going through this. This is kind of buffering. I mean, you think about that first game against the Angels, how they were going to get booed, how Tuve was going to get hit, and that could be stopped now. I mean, and the draft, the MLB draft, is thinking about canceling it. Um, they might not even lose their draft pick. What do you What do you think about that? Well, to be honest, I mean, they voided their uh, championship, right? They did right not. There. They did. They didn't. I think that right there is the only thing you can really do is void their uh, championship. If you want to look into uh, anything harsher than that, you're looking at ending the career of those players. And you already alluded to the struggle that baseball is going through right now. It's a fine line you got to walk because you don't want cheaters to prosper in any game. But at the same time, you're not uh, the police either. You can't try to take legal action yourself separate from the legal the legal um, authorities like the NFL has tried to do with punishing uh, players for things that the police haven't even proven. You got to make sure you've got 100% proof. And I think that this is part of the issues baseball's having is the corruption that seems to be coming up, just popping up here and there, whether it's with drugs, whether it's with uh, cheating, like in this case, um, I think you gotta come down hard on it. You gotta make sure you have definite proof and you, uh, they need to make sure they take advantage of the opportunity to get in the press and say, hey, they cheated, we punished them for it. So I think they need to void their, um, the championship altogether, just give it to uh, the other team and seriously consider looking into ending the career of those. Now, that would have to be a player-by-player basis. You'd have to look in each individual. You can't just write the entire team off. But they seriously need to look into player-by-player um, player, thinking about just ending their career right then so you're done with baseball. Yes. You can play in other countries, but you're not going to play in the U.S. Yes. And I think the perfect example to look at right now is Pete Rose. Anything about Pete Rose and the amazing career he had. And he's sitting at home now, and he's not allowed to go to baseball games because he did something as the manager. And the unfair, the just terrible um, thing that happened to him, that he's not allowed to go to the sport that he loves and that he is being kicked out of the Hall of Fame and the career he had just because he did one bad thing as manager. And it's just not fair. And to your point, Rob Manfred is in a very, very hard position right now as the commissioner of baseball because he's got to, um, his job is to help the owner. And he can't help um, the Astros owner by taking away their um, title. But he's also got to help the players association and all the players are mad at those Astros. So he's in a very, very it, tough I think position. So yeah, I think, he's in a tough position, but honestly, he has to ask, his, ask the question, is he more loyal to the owners, the players, or is he loyal to the sport? Because if he wants to save the sport, he's going to have to 
buckle down and get rid of corruption inside the sport. Yeah. Because if nothing happens, you're just going to see a bigger drought in ratings. You're going to see less people going to the game because who wants to go to a game that might be rich? Yes, and um, I hear what you're saying, but uh, voiding a championship, I think they should do that, but you shouldn't give it to the Dodgers because you think about the Yankees. They lost to the Astros. They would have been in that World Series. They would have played the Dodgers. And just think the Astros cheated us out of that great World Series that we would have seen. I mean, it dropped that in front of you. I think, great point. Jose Altuve, George Springer, Alex Bregman, Carlos Correa. That core should not be allowed to play baseball. All right. I agree. Like I said, player-by-player basis find out who exactly cheated and end their career right then. Um, yeah, so that will be the end of our podcast. I want to thank you, Rob, for coming on and um, doing this. And Yeah, man, thanks for having me. And I want to ask uh, for subscribers and if you want to hear more of me, uh, then press the subscribe button or follow button on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and I shall see you next time. Thank you. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.